Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How goes it, Patrick? Uh, well, we seem to have a new season here uh, called Wet. Um, oh. It's, it's, not, it's not that wet, but it is wet. Um, huh. It's more a drizzle right now. But I mean, this is the first step to ending fire season here. So I was just gonna say it's better than fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. You know, I don't want to go stand around outside right now. Um, because it's also kind of coolish. But mm-hmm. wet is hooray, hooray, hooray. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty thrilled. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Water sounds good for you guys right now. We've needed it. We've needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Kincaid fire really rattled everyone very badly and uh so to put this fire season to bed would be really nice so that is that how it ends is it ends with a rainy spell you got to get the, the vegetation wet enough so that it's disinclined to burn yeah right well i understand and, that well and and the, i don't really understand the sea i mean i know when fire season is but i don't really understand not being right from that area, like I don't know the whole like. Uh, so I I think the question that you're asking is once it starts raining, the Diablos stop blowing, uh, uh, or or, okay. or once the Diablos stop blowing, it is able to start raining. Some there's a transition in the weather there. Okay, and okay. so uh, the Diablos are what make uh, the fire situation so bad. Uh, they they can cause the fires to blow out of control, like the Kincaid fire. Gotcha. Know, 177,000 acres or something. Wow. Yeah. And so when, when the rain start, starts, we know, okay, we're not going to see the Diablos anymore. Yay. Breathe easy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. A All very right. welcome change. But you've got a stocking cap on. <laughs> That's because it's cold here. Yeah. We have a... Um the uh, winter just knocked on the door. Well, I, I should say winter broke down the door in some places like some Vermont got a ton of snow. I mean, there's places that are that have Ooh. seen snow, snow. Yeah, I'm not prepared for that. I, it, it's one of those like we all it's nice to have a more gradual thickening of the blood, you know, that goes into <laughs> the, yes. the, the winter into time. Yeah. So it, like literally on Monday, I did uh Longer ride than I anticipated because I was with somebody as directionally challenged as myself and we couldn't find a way home. But um, <laughs> it was <laughs> unbelievable. and We weren't that far from home. Anyway, um, everyone who knows me will understand. Uh, but it was it was 60 degrees. Like I actually took my arm warmers off. It was lovely. And uh, then next day it was, I think in the twenties. I mean, it, it was just like a stunning. And I heard like my friends in, in Texas who were talking about, even more extreme, you know, they were like really hot and then super cold. So, I mean, we just got like this crazy Arctic blast. Um, yeah. And it's, it's always just like, Oh, 
okay, that's really cold. And it's it's hard to get used to that the first time. You, you get into a routine. Like, I, if it stayed this way, I'm like, okay, I need this base layer, this blah, 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 out the door. But that first time, I was just like, ugh. What do I need? <laughs> what am I wearing? But fortunately, I had some, I had a nice gore, a new gore thing to test for bicycling, a new gore, like, jersey jacket-ish kind of thing, and that worked very well. Um, yeah, so it was it was good for that, but it was definitely, it's definitely a little shocking to the system the first time that you have to roll out, and it's in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a, a and typical- my office is the coldest room in the house. This Pitchick Inc. Oh. here is not, it's one of those places where it's just like, it's always the hottest and the coldest, you know what I mean? Like, it's the room with the worst temperature control. Like, there's sometimes in the summer when we're doing this podcast that the little temperature thing comes up on my computer, and I'm like, we're in trouble. My computer's about to melt down, because it's wow. telling me it's getting so hot. Because <laughs> I oh. have everything shut down, and the air's off, so peop- so the quality is better, everyone, you're welcome. But, like, at the same time, <laughs> it's just, like, melting down in here. Well, I, I can remember having to use the sound gate in mixing to... to uh, to filter out the fan on your computer when it would start blowing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but to keep it from completely combusting. So, yes, we're, uh, I, I, you know, November. Yeah, November. November is actually what I'm going to talk about, but November is one of those months. Yeah. Now, a typical fall day where you are, let's talk temperature range. You know, okay. you, you go, you get up in the morning and it's what sort of temperature for a typical day. And then what's the high going to be? How how big is that delta between those two temperatures? It's generally not that high, honestly. Like, I, and it, de- it depends. I mean, it's uh, our shoulder seasons are super capricious. You know, they can be anything. I mean, you can have an 80 degree November day. You can have a 20 degree November day. I mean, those are the extremes. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, you know, you'll get up and it's there's frost on the pumpkin, so to speak. You know, so it's somewhere in the 30s. And then it'll get up to maybe the 50s. You know, I mean, you'd expect that kind of a 20 degree swing okay. during the day. So it's it's not extreme. And there's sometimes you go out and like today it was a warm 35. And that sounds stupid to say, but it, there's it, the temperature is going to be nicer tomorrow. And you can actually kind of feel it. There's something in the air that's just warmer. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. unless. Well, when unless there's less it, humidity, it really helps. It makes such a difference. Well, that's why Colorado, when they talk 30, I'm like, please, that's like 50. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's a whole different ball game. It does, yeah. it does make a big difference. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, the, right. the streams aren't that usually that big. October can be hard. Like when, for unpaved, that can be mm-hmm. a challenge because you get on the line at 7 a.m. And at 7 a.m., it's cold. It's cold. Right. I mean, it right. could be sub 30 or just kissing 30, but it could very well go up to high 60s on the same uh-huh. day. You know, you could just see like, and then it's like, you don't want those booties on your feet and you don't want that balaclava. <laughs> so I just tell people like, you got to suck it up a little bit. Are you just going to be dying, you know, in like two hours right. or, or yeah. you're going to be a pack mule the rest of the day. Right. You right. Know, and that's, they have a drop pockets. bag system, which I so appreciate. I love when races mm. do that. You know, yeah. when they give you a bag and they're like, you can mm. drop that stuff that, you know, you don't want to like, it's so hard to put knee warmers in your pockets. Right. Or like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that jackets, yeah. There's no room for anything else. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so much easier if you're only dealing with a 20 degree temperature swing through a day. Yes. Yes. It, it really eliminates a whole lot of questions. Whereas this time of year, we're still dealing with 40 degree temperature swings on some days. Those are big. That's big. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's one of those things that also, it makes you soft. But then you you can just wait. 
Yes. Oh, that's what you were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you can Guilty wait it charged. out. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's like, why I would, would I go for a ride at seven o'clock if I can just wait until two 30 and it's going to be 30 degrees warmer. A hundred percent. You have that luxury, yeah. right? Like that's, yeah. yeah. It makes for you sure. soft. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll own it. I'm I'm willing to own it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's all good. And well, everyone in like mid, Ma- you know, Madison, Wisconsin is like, shut up, both of you. Right? <laughs> yep. Like, yep. Both of you just be quiet. You don't know cold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, something I wrote about being a cyclist and really loving cycling was that you, you know, you really can't. What's the best way to say this? You when you're willing to ride in unpleasant conditions, you know, the yeah. cold, the wet, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, as it's getting dark, anytime it's not sunny in 73. Right. That's when the world really knows just how much you love cycling. That is a hundred percent true. And the more extreme it is, the more the people know how much you love cycling. <laughs> you know, they just look at you like, okay. You're, well, there comes you're a certain point where they start thinking, uh, you know, is this a pathology? Yeah, is, there something, okay? is there something wrong here? <laughs> we make help for that. Yeah. That's where, that's where, that's where runners, I think, you know, it's running. It's so much easier to stay warm. You know, when I did yeah. a lot of running, I still run here and there, but wow, it's so much easier. I mean, you're always a little uncomfortable at first, but you warm up so much more quickly. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. Nordic skiing. Skating was that. Oh way. God. Yeah. All those sports. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Go do 2K, come back, take your jacket off the rest of the day. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, all righty. Well, uh, what with it being November and all? Uh, it is. It is November. I, I like, oh yeah, I like, that's what I'm going to roll right into. I'm not one, like I, there's something that I like about all the months, honestly, and almost, you know, I, I, I don't even know if I could tell you I have a favorite month, but November's one of my hardest months every mm-hmm. single year. It mm-hmm. is always, always is. Um, you know, and I think it's, uh, I think it's part of it is because my, personally, my cycling season is like a pair of camel humps. You know, I generally train through the winter and I get into solid form for April, May, June, early June. You know, those okay. are my sort of right. I'm rising. I'm having a great, whatever. And then I take a little dip, you know, through late June into like July is usually a just a free form, but it's summertime. Right. So I'm just enjoying summer. I'm riding my bike, but I'm not like necessarily racing or worrying about it. It's just, I'm enjoying the heat like summer. And then I start ramping up again for another peak for fall events, you know, usually like, okay. Mid-September to or like the first week of November, maybe. But then I'm done. Like like after Rock and Road, at, you know, which was November 3rd or whatever. Done, done, done. Just done. Um, you know, and that's right about, and I think it was actually that day when the clocks change. Right? And it sort of plunges us into darkness. Right. Uh, early darkness. And I fall, every year I fall into a bit of November ennui. You know, it's just like... I'm reflecting on the season, you know, and I generally have had a couple of good results this year. I had a few late season, really nice, pleasant surprises. Um, but I feel like this odd discontent. I mean, it's definitely like an like a ennui is the best way to describe it. It's not uh-huh. depression. It's not sad. It's just like this strange free floating ennui. Um, and I get real existential, you know, just like, what did I just do? Did it make a difference? You know, and everyone's like come on out and do lead boat, you know, which is like that new crazy, oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Leadville and steamboat gravel back to back. And 
you know, the yeah. next season is ramping up and people are opening up their events for next season. And I'm still sitting there sort of stewing in my ennui, trying to decide like what it all means, <laughs> you know, and do I want to like sign up for these big things and why? And, you know, a lot of it is maybe just a natural transition, like a natural hibernation, you know, transition. It's getting cold and dark. Um, but, you know, every year it gets more pronounced and maybe that's natural too. You know, that, that as you do more things and go through more Novembers, like every November brings its own depth. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I, my brother often visits this time of year and he, he works for the FBI and he like literally is putting away terrorists and keeping our country safe. You know, like he's got like such purpose in his life and what he does is so big and important. And then I sit there and I'm like, well, I ride bikes, you know, and I'm just like... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're putting away bad guys, there's not a lack of clarity in your mission. Not one bit. Not one bit. And I know that's like a super extremely simplistic view of it, but when I strip it all away in November, because that's what I do, it's just, it's that's just what it starts to look like. So, you know, why do I, I, I as I'm looking at the next calendar, I sit there and I'm thinking like, why am I continuing to sign up for these big events that take Massive amounts of commitment and training and sacrifice and, you know, and why do I hole up in my office for hours on end writing articles and books that tell other people how to ride their bicycles better, you know, like not putting away any terrorists. Um, so this isn't just a matter of you're concerned about what you're aiming at as a cyclist, but <gasps> you're top to bottom your life in top cycling. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, if you're going to go in, why not go deep? <laughs> I have to go all in. That's the only way I know, Patrick, is to go I'm picking up in. on that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, and I've been feeling, I think I've been feeling it a lot this particular week because stuff is coming my way for next year. You know, a lot of stuff, you know, people are like, oh, come do this. You know, a lot of the events are opening up registrations in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. And it. You know, so I have to think, like, what's it about? What's my goal? You know, am I trying to step on another podium? Is that important? What does it mean? So I, today, would like to thank Nick Foles for breaking me out of my November ennui uh, this morning. And I know that feels like I just pivoted right off course, you know, as I want to do. But hang with me. Um, Sure. Do you know who Nick Foles is? Because I have to ask you that. No, okay. I don't. I don't. But I'm ready to learn. <laughs> All right. Well, for those who don't know, and I figured Patrick would not, um, Nick Foles is an NFL quarterback. And Oh, yeah. No wonder I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had no idea who Nick Foles is. <laughs> I know some of our listeners do, at least a few of them. Anyway, he played for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, which is a team that I, I care some about, and uh, as much as I care about football. And he was a second string quarterback who drove the team to their Super Bowl win a couple of years ago uh, after our main quarterback, Carson Wentz, got hurt. And it was honestly one of the and it's not just because the Eagles won. It was a super game. It, it meant an awful lot to Philly. And it was amazing. So he that's Nick Foles. Anyway, as football is wont to do, we, of course, traded him away. <laughs> so oh we, have, we no longer have Nick Foles. He is a Jacksonville Jaguar now, and uh, just 10 plays into this season, he was taken out with a collarbone injury, broke his collarbone. 
10 oh. games into, yeah. And of course, it's not been easy for the man, you know? I mean, football is tenuous at best uh, to watch as his, his second string quarterback has sort of taken over. And I don't really follow the Jaguars, but I take it that that guy's been doing fairly well. So now that Foles is healed, you know, there's the talk radio going, oh, do we want to give Foles the keys back to the team? You know, and uh-huh. th- that whole thing. <clears throat> so somebody, he was in a press conference two, three days ago, and somebody asked him, you know, one, sort of a question about that, you know, that it's got to be hard to hear all this chatter. And, um, you know, he stood up there and he delivered the finest soliloquy on purpose I think I've ever heard. Seriously. Okay. And um, I will just read it directly. It's just, it's a little, it was just like, he. the speech was a little longer than this, but when I actually honed in, I was like, oh my God, and I typed it down. So he says, we tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make this about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. If you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow and be very alone and very sad. Hopefully, someday you find that purpose in your life. My purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. My ministry just ha- yes. My purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. My ministry happens to be in the locker room. I've still been able to get to know people, get to know the guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing, that's difficult from this fleshly perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm in a better situation as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. I know that's a sermon in itself, but that's how I go through life. Now, wow. Wow. Right. Now, Nick Foles is a, he's talking, Jesus, living through Jesus, living through Christ. He's, I mean, as many footballs are, he's a very, you know, he uses his, his, literally his pulpit to speak about, you know, his faith. Um, but I'll tell you what, now, Nick, I know you are not listening, but I want to, I want to thank you, of course, for helping the birds finally bring home the Super Bowl and for making Philly Philly a a tagline, but also for using that position to speak about your faith and beyond that, to uplift us all and help us find our own purpose, because it really did. Like this sentiment is obviously about foals and faith and Christianity, but it also transcends that. In that yeah. it is publicable to everyone of any faith or of no faith or wherever mm-hmm. you fall in that wherever you fall in that spectrum, because the big why is really important if you if you want to perform your best in anything through the ups and downs, you know it's what will get you out the door as we were speaking earlier to ride in the rain yeah it's what will it's what will compel you to leave a warm bed at five thirty in the morning and go swift this winter. When everyone in the house is all cuddled up and still snoozing, you know, it's what will make you okay with whatever results you ultimately get out there or whether you cross the line first or last or somewhere in the sea of humanity in between, you know, and, and for me, like, you know, I sat there with that quote a while and I think, well, you know, as I continue to go into this and a season after season after season, part of my big why is showing people that you can't still can, that you still can be out there, and that bikes can take you beautiful places inside and out, and that they help you form and keep a community that can support you through your life and all the things that you're trying to do, whether you're trying to 
cure cancer or build a building or whatever you do with your, you know, with your daily self. Um, and if you let them, they can lead you to a better life. You know, and we jokingly call bike riding sometimes the church of the rotating mass, you know, mm-hmm. but but it really is like I I I struggle with what my faith actually is. Some, you know, fallen Catholic, maybe Catholic, I don't know. But but I talk to God on my bike and I talk to my grandfather who has been gone many years, who loved bicycles and is the only one in my family that I that I think I might have gotten this thing from. Uh-huh. Um, and I think he'd be super proud and. I talk to myself an awful lot, and I talk to you guys. I talk to my listeners. I talk to my readers. And when things are going really poorly, I, I, I'm literally talking out loud. I think people probably think I'm mad when they see me, because you know. except nowadays with people with the Bluetooth and stuff, it makes me look more normal. So they might think I'm just having a, con- <laughs> I'm just having a conversation. <laughs> but, um, but I do. I talk to you guys, and I say, like, hey, you know. You'll be hearing about this soon because I'm sure you have felt just like I'm feeling now and we'll get through this together. Um, you know, and I guess at this time when many of us, you know, not, I know that depending where you are in the country, you're not necessarily going into your off season, but, but a lot of us are, you know, as you're heading into your off season and looking forward to the season to come, I, I think that I encourage everyone to channel a little Nick Foles and find that big why, find that purpose, you know, like I, cause it's, I think it can really help. Like when people are like, what motivates you? Like, I can't stay motivated or, you know, I, like, it's always the first thing to go out the door. I think it just can really help if you hang it on something else, you know, if you just hang the big why on something else, you know, like maybe you have a loved one struggling with an illness. So on a very basic level, you could do a charity ride for that thing and raise awareness and funds. Right. Like on a super basic level, uh, maybe you have kids who are struggling with confidence. You know, I, I have friends who have done this. Like you can lead by example and get on your bike and line up for something that is scaring the crap out of you and where you're afraid that you're going to fall on your face and embarrass yourself and like show them like that. It's not the end of the world and that people are still clapping for you because you tried, you know, like that's a huge lesson in itself yeah. for everybody. Like when you go out and try people on the side of the road clap for you. They yeah. really do. I mean, where else in life do you get that? No matter what. Yeah, like, it's even if you rare. literally fall on your face, people on the side are clapping for you. Yeah. Like when you get up and keep going, you know, like that's amazing in our sport. So I think that there's so much of learning and joy and doing anything like cycling related just in that process and of just trying. So I have a little renewed purpose today, and I hope that maybe I've helped somebody who might be struggling with their own this November. There's my That's, sermon from, from mm. the Mount. <laughs> I like it. I really like it. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about our time together doing this is your confidence about your mission in terms of helping other people you know, whether it's reach their goals or just inspiring them, but working to lift others up. Uh, it took me a long time to kind of, uh, wrap my head around that endeavor, uh, see that as something that could be, uh, available to me, uh, instead of just trying to reinforce what a good time bicycling is, but to actually try to work in a way that helped other people realize larger goals or, or develop, you know, a greater sense of confidence in their life. 
And right. that's been a, a, a really, uh, a really rewarding shift for me, but it's something that really gets reinforced for me every time we record. Oh, well, thank you. It, You're it welcome. Is, I do really believe in that, in that ripple effect. I believe that pay it forward, pass it up, like however, whatever cliche you want to make a butterfly flapping its wings, like all that. I really, really, I genuinely believe that. And I genuinely believe that, um, every time you make yourself stronger physically and emotionally and the bike does both of those things, you, you help others be stronger and you help yourself be stronger to help others be stronger. And that, I mean, I, I think even if we don't know that's why we're doing it, that's why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, like, sure, it's just fun. I mean, there's, and fun is fun. And we all need fun, too. Let's be, let's be clear. Sometimes it's just fun. And that's great. Enough. Because, yes, and that is enough. But, you know, it's it's not always fun in the moment. And there's things about that. And we still keep doing it. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that you didn't quit riding the first time you crashed your bike and broke yourself. Yep. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one of the nice things about cycling is it allows us to put ourselves out there in a way and, and try for something. And even if we don't achieve it, or even if we don't reach what the goal was, unless we've crashed, you know, the consequences are really pretty low. It's not going to change the course of our lives. Whereas, you know, if you, if you get involved in some uh, political imbroglio at work and you come down on the wrong side of that, it could be really bad for your career. And so cycling is a way to, to take on challenges and, and set far-reaching goals without having to worry about, oh, how am I going to pay for this? You know, what, what am I going to suffer if I don't really pull this off? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, there we have it. Yeah. Happy November, everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Yay Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull off and draft a little bit. What what do you have? Yeah. Well we're gonna take a break for our sponsor Shimano. Oh, right. And Thank then you, we will be back. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life. We encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. 
Okay, we are back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Uh, Patrick, I'm guessing that you're not going to talk to me about Nick Foles or the NFL. So, what is your poll this week? Well, I, I, I will. I will say that Nick Foles impresses me. I, I got it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if his name ever pops up, I'm going to stop and listen. I really will. Uh, you should also. Was... I'll send you the clip, and anyone who's interested should watch him because he. He is the most unassuming looking person. You wouldn't believe if you if I, I, he's a very big person, obviously he plays football, but you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't guess that by his demeanor. He does not. He's just he could be just any guy like he, he's it's an interesting he's an interesting character. <laughs> OK, yeah. Well, right. if you've got a link, we'll add it in the show notes. Cool. Um, right. Yeah. So speaking of consequences and, and going places we might not ought to, I'm going to take on cold weather riding today. Uh, <laughs> um i mean there's a good reason to do this now before i get to that i'm going to go ahead and cop to the fact that yes i know that i live in northern california and our winter is not what we would maybe call wintry Um, (laughs) but we do get plenty of weather between you know say 50 degrees and freezing and very often it's wet and even if it's not actually wet it's still humid or damp and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes through you. The thing is, anecdotally, what I've traditionally heard from people and certainly how things were for me when I lived in New England is that once the temperature is below freezing, riding requires a different kind of dedication. Yep. Um, and I will say that I am not qualified to be an <laughs> expert on below freezing riding anymore. There was a time when I was really good at that. The big thing you now is that I'm not reviewing those pieces because it's not getting below freezing. Uh, right. But you can hit me up for that. Yeah. I'll help you out. Yeah. Um, the thing is, here though, it's so easy to get into that range of both cold and wet that unless you've got exactly the right thing, you probably have yeah. the wrong thing. No, and so, to be fair, I mean, yeah. I give you a lot of crap for it, but to be fair, 48 degrees in rain is, is, is colder and worse than 25 degrees in sunshine. Let's, let's, let's be clear about that. It's, it's rough. I mean, yeah. seriously, one of the most difficult days, if not the most difficult day I have ever had on the bike happened this year. Fish rock. I mean, I yeah. rode through slush on the snow. There was snow, uh, slush on the road. There was snow on the side of the road. And, uh, you know, one of the crazy things about some of the GPS units is you get home and you upload your data and there will be temperature data in there. Yeah. And I found out that that day it got down to freezing. It was 32 degrees in spots. I was like, Oh, the slush in the snow could have told you that. I mean, it could still have been slushy and snowy in 36. <laughs> That's Fair. possible, but you know, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, it's it's a good thing that there wasn't like a sheen of ice on the road." Fair, yeah. And I'm not one of those people that likes. You can watch that in real time, and there are people I ride with who do, and I'm like, "Turn that off." Like, oh, why yeah. do you want to see what temperature it is? It's not making you feel any better. You get it, you yeah. know. Like, if it's not there, I can at least lie to myself a little bit. If it's, <laughs> if yeah. it says 19, there's nothing I can see, but oh, it's 19 degrees. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it it really doesn't make things better. It's knowing the current it gradient doesn't. of the hill you're on makes things better. Temperature does not make things better. Yeah, not one bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So last winter and spring, I spent way too much riding and especially racing in the cold and wet. 
But there were three things that got me through those days. And I'll admit, yep, I was never the fastest guy. Uh, but from the look of it at the finish, there were an awful lot of times where I think I was more comfortable than many of my other competitors. Uh, and I think, yeah, it really comes down to three things. The first, and this is something I've been talking about for some number of years, and I'll just keep hitting this bell over and over. Thermal bib shorts. You know, they're made <laughs> from the same thermal... thinking about the phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they're made from the same thermal material, often referred to as Roubaix Lycra, that knee warmers and armor, arm warmers are cut from. Uh, some of the, the thermal bibs that I've encountered are cut a little longer, a little closer to the knee than others. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing f about them for me is that they offer a degree of flexibility that knickers and tights just can't match. I don't know about you, but I've reviewed way too many tights and knickers over the years that don't feature enough stretch between the ankles and the pad so that because there's not enough stretch, the pad ends up pulling down and not offering proper support. It doesn't stay put. Mm -hmm. um, and that just, it drives me nuts. With thermal bibs, you know, you can then add knee warmers, leg warmers, embrocation or nothing. You've got this mm -hmm. degree of flexibility that the others just can't come close to. And the pad will always stay put. Yep. So big deal there. It really is. And if is. they're longer than your knee warmers will too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that helps too. Like, so you don't have that annoying thing that happens if the shorts are, well, I mean, women might have it a little more, but I think guys run into that too, where the the grip's not enough in any place, and you end up with that gap between your knee warmers yeah. and your shorts. If they're longer, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes a difference. Uh, and then there's the fact that, yeah, on those really cold days, like adding leg warmers to thermal bibs, because now you've got two stretches of thermal lycra over, you know, your biggest muscles that you're using. Yeah, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that uh, some of the thermal bibs, like those from Castelli with their NanoFlex and Pearl Izumi with the PI Dry, both yeah. feature a coating that makes them somewhat water resistant, reasonably water resistant. I appreciate that. Yeah, it makes a difference. You know, the water will beat up and then just run off. And this isn't like a, a DWR that's a coating that washes off eventually. These are permanent coatings so that you don't have to throw them into the washing machine with some. Some mm -hmm. something in a right. you know from a bottle. I'll say that you know if you if you're in a full downpour, you're gonna get wet. But you know, for misting or light rain or stuff just splashing up in the road, such a wonderful solution that way. The other thing that I don't think people talk about all that much are base layers. The recommendation here isn't so much for a particular base layer from one particular brand. But having a selection of them, I think that's really important to have. Very often, I know what my outer layer is going to be if the conditions are bad. And so I'm choosing my base layer to dial what my mm -hmm. preparation for the temperature will be. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, a lot of times they really don't have to be too heavy. Uh, having at least one that's made from sufficiently soft merino wool is handy. Um, but in the same vein as thermal bibs, I think it's also really helpful to have a short sleeve base layer that has some heft. So I've got a short sleeve layer from Asos that is of spring weight, they call it. So it's about as heavy 
as some lighter weight long sleeve base layers. Uh, even it's even heavier than what I would consider a lightweight long sleeve base layer. And but because it's got short sleeves, I compare it with arm warmers. And if the day gets really warm, like unexpectedly so, I can pull the arm warmers down. Mm-hmm. Whereas any long sleeve garment, I'm going as is. Yep. So that's that's one of the other things that I think is really super important. The last thing is a jersey with a membrane. Jackets are something I like having. I like having just the warmest things on the planet for when I'm doing solo training rides and just going out and logging miles. But you know, as jacket is the sort of thing that's going to be most helpful in my opinion, or at least my experience when I'm stopping from time to time and can take time to get stuff out of my pockets that may be harder to reach. Like if it's under the jacket and I got to reach into the Jersey or Mm -hmm. if because of the design of the jacket, the Jersey, the pockets just aren't that easy to reach. I've encountered that and I still cannot figure out why every now and then I'll run across a vest or a jacket that has uh, a pass-through opening so that you can reach yep. into your jersey pocket. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even that is not super straightforward and simple. Mm-mm. So when I'm doing events, if I know it's going to be dampish or there's a, a reasonable chance of it being damp, I want a top that does three things. It's got to keep me warm. It's got to keep me relatively dry. And it's got to allow me easy access to my pockets. Because if I can't get to my pockets, I'm going to bunk. I am that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the originator in this category, as well as what continues to be the standard bearer, is the Castelli Gabba. These days, the Gabba has short sleeves, and now the long sleeve version of what used to be the Gabba is called the Perfetto. Um, all that aside, so Perlazumi and Giordana both do production pieces like this that you can just order off the interwebs or get your shop to order them. Mm-hmm. But Giordana and Pactimo both do custom pieces of this sort so that you can have one with your team or club design on it, which is pretty rocking. Looking back through the photos from the events that I did between January and the end of March, with only one exception, they were cold and wet. And in every yep. one of those in the photos, I've got on thermal bibs, a membrane jersey, <laughs> usually either a long sleeve Gabba or Perfetto. Um, and there was one dry day in January where I wore short sleeves with arm warmers, but even that was a GABA because I Mm -hmm. wasn't sure if I was going to be splashing through stuff at certain points. So it's become a, a real go-to for me in terms of winter and spring racing. Having that, that membrane makes such a difference in terms of keeping the cold water out and also keeping the wind from going through. And you know, it's helpful not having like four layers on, which is, you know, three and four layers was a, a pretty common thing for me when I was in New England. Yeah. I mean, the days have improved since then. I don't think you would even now like the, because the stuff has gotten better. So yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Four. If I need four layers, forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's not happening. Yeah. I'm curious though. I mean, given how often you do encounter kind of ugly conditions, you know, what, what are your standbys? What are the things that go into your gear bag? Cause I know you will pack the kitchen sink before heading out for an event. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yes. Yes, I will. Um, I mean, fortunately I don't do a lot of 
travel events in that kind of those kind of conditions. So spring could be anything. So you do find yourself like I wouldn't wear, ever wear tights in the spring. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like 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 I will wear tights. I wore tights today. Um, it was 35 degrees today, and I I whipped out a, a lighter pair of Pearl Azumi tights that I like quite a bit. Um, I do often like um shorts and i often i wear shorts unless they're drop tail bibs before obvious reasons because i do not want to have to take off all those layers to try to get bibs if i need to go pee somewhere that's ridiculous so um i'll either wear drop tail bibs prolozumi makes great pair uh velocio makes a really nice pair or i'll wear shorts and uh knee warmers and long socks are a a go-to for this kind of year and then I, then I, that like, like you're saying, that opens up endless possibilities because I have different weights of knee warmers. I have different weights of socks. I have different weights. Of, you know, I can put all that stuff together to make myself uniformly comfortable, which is yeah. for me very important. I want to be uniformly comfortable. I want everything to be just right. Um, some of my, which you did not mention, I'm kind of surprised you did not mention uh, my, one of the things that is a go to must have is a neck john. You know, I need something uh, to, or whatever you guys call it, gator. Uh, you guys being people outside of Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? A buff. Yep. Like anything, yeah. Because I think that alone can make all the difference between being comfortable and unbearable. Like having something covering that part of my body, mm-hmm. uh, covering my neck and my that I can pull up, I think is just, it's night and day sometimes like i have a rafa uh wool one that sees a lot of heavy use over the winter time it's Um, funny i haven't used something like that since i left new england i just got out of the habit of it and i haven't started again i have like a hundred of them i like they're (laughs) everywhere they're like they're in my i'm wearing one right now in my office (laughs) like i just like they they make they make me very comfortable so I always have one of those. Like I have them. Like I'm. I, I'm not kidding. I have a drawer full, and I. They. They are. Game changers. A big, you know, overused word, but they can really make the difference on a cold ride. So I was one of those. Um, on the top, it's. Uh, I'm a, also a big believer in many different incarnations of base layers, like you. Like and and once I'm in the, you know, this is the time of year when they all start going into heavy rotation through the winter but you know i have everything from silk which i like a lot i have mm-hmm. silk face layers which are super thin but man they they can keep you very comfortable uh to the what i call my uh magic layer which is a zoic layer that makes it they in their advertising at the time and it's pretty old by now but i still pull it out they claim it makes it feel 11 degrees warmer and it, it yes so when it goes to low 20s that thing goes on. And then I tell myself it's 32. And I go out the door <laughs> because I have my magic layer on. Um, but it, it really, it does. It works very well. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. It's, it's compression too. So it takes, it's like a wrestling match to get into the thing, which is the only thing I don't <laughs> like about it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but once it's on, it does not feel overly constrictive. And it does absolutely work. It absolutely keeps me. I don't need much over that. So, because I too, I don't want to be like that kid in Toy Story, or not Toy Story. What's that movie? Um, but he puts his tongue. Oh, on the a Christmas, 
Oh, yes, yeah, yes, a Christmas story. You know what I mean? Like where you're just yep. like you can't even function. Like what? You're not even gonna ride a bike like that. Um, <laughs> I I like the Pearl Azumi Amphib stuff too quite a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I have been out. I've watched that stuff get a layer of ice on it. Like I've wow. I've been out. Yes, I've been out where it started drizzling, like, and then it started freezing, and I needed to get home because let's face it, it was starting to freeze, and I was going to be on roads. Right, um, enough said. <laughs> but yeah, but I but it was forming like an ice layer on top of. Uh, which shows you how well it works. Like nothing was going yeah. in; it was just crusting over. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, yeah, those are my those. I have a wide assortment of weights of jersey that I, you know, long sleeve jersey. I in the winter is the only time I wear a long sleeve jerseys. In the shoulder season, I am strictly did you know for the reasons you state. I don't. Once you're in a long sleeve jersey, you're stuck in one, and. Yeah. As also anyone who knows me knows, I wear short sleeves and tank tops always because I tend to just run warm. So if I have sleeves on me and I don't want them on me, I'm going to be insane. So I like <laughs> having, you know, I only I only have them on when I absolutely need them. Uh, gloves, gloves and, you know, gloves are gloves, I think, are the hardest. They are the hardest thing for me. Hands down. And oh, I made a pun. I didn't mean to. Um, but they. <laughs> They act, but they are. I think the hand thing is the hardest thing. I have a pair of <laughs> Pearl Azuma, Zumi lobsters that are my go-to, but they are not perfect. I'd be lying if I said they were. They're not. I've, yeah. I have I have yet to find, and if someone has some suggestions, I'm all ears. I have yet to find the perfect pair of winter gloves. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, there's the fact that, you know, everybody's going to have different preferences. And this is the reason I didn't bring it up in the course of this. People are going to have different preferences in terms of, how much dexterity they need versus mm -hmm. how much they prior prioritize warmth over dexterity. And then there's the fact that, you know, some, some things that give reasonable dexterity and reasonable warmth, you know, there can still be issues there in terms of like, you know, uh, building up too much moisture on the inside and that right. sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's very personal. There are no perfect answers. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I get that wrong as often as I get it right. The big thing for me I've found is that if my upper body, if, if, well, if the rest of my body is reasonably happy, my, my hands and fingers will do okay. Right. But again, yeah, I'm not yeah. below freezing. That's where things really start to go wrong. And so you've got a greater margin of error as long as you're still above freezing. Yeah, and it's funny how that they can, they can go in and out. Like your hand, your hands can. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They can yep. leave and enter and re-enter many times on a ride within itself. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon. I find my feet sometimes do the same thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I for the winter, I'll often put a bento box on my bike and just keep it there because, for what you're saying, it's such a giant pain with any weight of gloves to fish food out of your pockets that I just can't even bear it. Like, it's so much <laughs> easier if it's just right in front of me in that bag. I can just access it. And, like, for fat biking and for mountain biking, I don't like them for trail because I just don't feel super safe. But if I'm on a flat road, like, those bar mitts, those neoprene bar mitts are magical. Like, yeah. you can wear just a pair of thin gloves and have your hands in those things, and you are perfectly comfortable. Like, they are, they, they just work. 
but the, but the, it's limited. I, I I know people that have them on the road bikes. I have not tried them on the road bike. I mean, um, it just seems a lot harder in that situation because you theoretically you've got three different hand positions you're working from. Theoretically, well, or just one, and that's more of the problem. Like so, yeah. On the road, I I really don't think I'd like them because you can't. You're so limited. You're on you're on the hoods. You know, what I mean, you're just that's kind of they wrap over your hoods. And I ride the top of my bars quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but even on the mountain, like, you know, there's sometimes you want to put that hand out or you want to do something, you know, so you don't you're, you're but you're stuck in those bar. It's it's it, it, it's it messes with your handling and balance in a strange way because you're very I can see you're that. not. Yeah, you're not you can't move as much. I think you move your hands around more than you think you do. Let's put it that way. And then when you can't move your hands around as much as they want to naturally move, it's odd. It does a weird thing to the bike hand. I I can see that, yeah, any unexpected restriction of movement is going to cause that little reptilian part of your brain to go, hang on. Right, right. This isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, Yeah. it's a it's a thing. I mean, I definitely like I said, it takes I think that's part of the another challenge of November is just like, okay, here we go. Like trying to get back into the rhythm of okay it's 32 and overcast i need this this and this okay it's you know whatever and sunny and kind of not not as cold as it seems to be i need this this and this um and then it's hard too like i blew it i went we went mountain biking not just yesterday it was just yesterday um (laughs) and it was cold it was cold and i went out and i i would have been perfect for the road but you get in the woods and it's a whole other ball of wax right like there's no wind you're working harder, and I was just like, now I'm just going to implode because I'm, I just blow it. I don't <laughs> that, have the right layers on. That was me Sunday. I was I was hot because I had a long sleeve jersey on, and that was not called for. <laughs> yeah, we all do it. Yeah, yep. we're we're still yep. here. Right, it hasn't killed me yet. Um, yeah. but I will say that living in Sonoma County, I have gotten my kit wrong my my garment selection wrong more times than i ever did anywhere else and i think it's mostly the temperature swings because in addition to the fact that you may get a 35 degree temperature swing during the day and you may get a 20 degree temperature swing just during your ride to add to that the fact that we've got microclimates and you can you know, come yeah. out of a climb into a meadow while mountain biking. And that alone is 10 degrees right there. Or you can get to the bottom of some ravine and cross a stream and it's 20 degrees cooler there. So the microclimate thing. It doesn't thing sound like added, there's a right answer then. It's, it's just a challenge. It's just a challenge. And I've managed to get it wrong with some frequency. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I'm wondering how you could get it right. You know what I'm saying? When it's that. Yeah. When it's it's kind of like the gravel bike thing. Like, mm-hmm. you're always going to want maybe a different bike at some point. You know, like when you're going down yeah. that really challenging thing, a mountain bike might be better. And when you're on the road, a yeah. road bike would be better. But the gravel bike is right for most of the time. I, it, that's what I'm hearing. It feels kind of like that. It, I mean, that's some of it. I just, there are so many times where I've thought it's just not going to get warm enough to justify arm warmers and the possibility that I may want to pull them down and I go with a long sleeve garment when I oh, should I in fact have gone yeah. with the short sleeve gotcha. and the arm okay. warmers. Yeah. 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 I got, I got. Yeah. And 
I've chosen, <laughs> I've actually chosen thermal bits too many times around <laughs> here, or at least I've, I, I shouldn't say too many. I've, I've chosen thermal bibs on days where it was not necessary. Well, <laughs> and sometimes let's face it. Like sometimes I'm sitting in my Arctic office box and I've been freezing for four hours writing stuff. And it's actually warmer outside than it is in here. And I don't even really know it. And, I, you know, so I dress maybe like to sit in my office and freeze some more. And I go out and I'm like, okay, like, I'm so overdressed. Like, I think that probably happens to people too. You know, you're yeah. sedentary and writing in a cold environment or doing whatever you're doing and in, in a, you know, not moving. And that's the other thing. You have to like be prepared to be a little cold at first. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like you should not be able to stand outside and be like, I am so comfy. I could sit down and watch a football game. Like that, yeah. that, then you are overdressed. You need, like, if you, you need to feel a little chilly when you first roll out. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. That's, that's a, a big, important one. Alrighty. Well, let's say we move on to baseline picks. What do you got? All right. I got, um, I got non-alcoholic beer is from my pick. I have been sort of, uh, just playing around cause, cause sometimes you want a beer, but you don't want a beer. Right. And, uh. But the, but the, when I, like many moons ago, like when I was pregnant and people were like, oh, you should try this, whatever. It, they were terrible. I mean, they were all just terrible. They were all awful. I mean, you just drink something else. Uh, but a couple of yeah. friends of mine have been saying that the new non-alcoholic, they like have non-alcoholic craft beers, you know, by, by people who actually like beer, they like beer so much that they want beer to drink in the car without drinking a beer in the car. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they're okay. that kind of like. I can have this beer next to me in my car and still like drive what, you know, do my, my road trip and feel like I'm having some beer, but not be like drunk. You know, how about that? That would really mess with my head. That would, what, that what, would you really, think it would? yeah, it, it, some, some, you know, as I'm driving along and I take a sip, there would be something again, the reptile brain would kick in and go, you get psychosomatically hang on, drunk. Hang right? on. <laughs> well, no, just like, we are not supposed to be doing okay. this right now, you know, that just well, the things that happen when you're on autopilot. I get, no, I get it. But I think, but this is what I'm, this is what I've taken to liking about it. So, okay. I mean, there are definitely times like after a ride or like doing some stuff, we're just like, ah, oh, I want a beer, but then it becomes kind of a day killer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yep. Yep. Right. And there's sometimes when I don't want a day killer. So I like my, my reptilian brain is very easily satisfied, apparently. <laughs> You know, so I can, like, I give it some of this because they're better. Like, there's this company, um, uh, Hogarden makes some good ones, and Athletic Brewing Company. And Athletic Brewing Company has a whole mess of them, and they're guys that like beer. It's the same, it's, it's that idea. And they actually taste really good. Like, they're very satisfying. You can wow. kind of feel like you've had a beer, but go about your day. And, huh. um, it's been kind of, you know, I've been like, this is kind of cool. Like, I, like, you know, I mean, everyone has this whole like, oh, my God, it's so dumb. Just bring a beer. But but there are times when it just makes sense. Like, I don't like LaCroix. It tastes like sock water. I have tried <laughs> over and over. Oh, sorry, everyone who loves That's it. Fine. I know it's a cult. <laughs> but I'm just I'm, I'm speaking my truth. LaCroix tastes like a hint it's not of great. sock. I don't love it. So then what? You know, and I don't I'm not a soda drinker. I don't like soda. You know, water is fine. I like beer, I like coffee. Only so much coffee you can drink. And I don't want decaf. You know, so like, <laughs> right. this has been, yeah. Process I mean, of elimination I, leaves you with. This is magical. This stuff, yeah. I, think I, I can, you know, it, I, I'm sold. I think it's, I think it's um, you know, it's 
like so many of these things, it's gotten better. Like I, I, I was I was very skeptical when I waded into these waters, thinking it's going to taste because mm-hmm. they always taste a little weird. And I and I won't lie. I mean, they're still like they're missing the alcohol, which lo- takes away some of that flavor. But they're man, they're close. They they are they are close enough that uh, my lizard brain is happy. So anyway, that's cool. That's the uh, yeah, that's my pick. I mean, I remember Buckler years ago, which I believe was made by Heineken, if I recall yes. correctly. And, you know, they were sponsoring a Belgian cycling team. So there was all the more reason for me to like them. Right. You know, and so, yeah, when I was trying to be a good boy and not drink at all, and I would get into a a circumstance where, you know, friends of mine were having beer, I'd like, I'd order a buckler just to look like I was getting along, but it was not an attractive drink. (laughs) Oh, duels (laughs) kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, like that was one of the originals too. Right. Right. Um, that was even worse than Buckler. I it, mean, that was terrible. It was yeah. undrinkable. It was just undrinkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've, 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 they've gotten in, in way, way, Ath- way better. Athletic way Brewing better. Company. I mean, the, the name, the name does sort of telegraph, you know, like, okay, um, I'm going to have to go look for some of that. Just, yeah, just to they see. Have a, they have a wide range of stuff. I mean, they, they, they have all the, you know, the IPAs and the stouts and all the kind of stuff that, um, wow. you'd think, yeah. Uh, and the uh, Ho Garden Soft Brew is the other one that I've been trying that I like quite a bit. It's got that Hefeweizen-y kind of uh, huh. thing about it. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Cool. And and Athletic actually gives some back too. Like they give some of their proceeds towards things like trails and that kind of thing. So you know, oh, groovy. Like, yeah, cool. Check them out. I will. I absolutely will. My pick this week is a tool. And one that I suspect few home wrenches will actually have in their toolbox. It's from Park, and it's called the IR 1.2 Internal Cable Routing Kit. I don't have one. Yeah, uh, (laughs) most of us don't, and I didn't until relatively recently. The thing is, more and more carbon fiber frames are routing cables internally. And I don't care if Mm -hmm. we're talking road or gravel or mountain. Yep, that's the upshot is that means that replacing cables or hydraulic lines can be just an incredible headache unless there are you know routing guides tubes in the frame to help with that and you know when you're trying to get a a frame down under you know 800 grams having having those guides nope that's gonna add another 100 grams and so they're not doing that Ugh. so I've dealt with frames where like I couldn't get the brake line to run run from stem to stern on my own. Just couldn't do it. On one occasion, the exercise of getting the hose over the bottom bracket left my thumb bruised for several weeks. I spent like two days with it numb just because I'd been pressing so hard against the hydraulic line to try to get it around. It was, yeah, it was not fun. The internal rabel, bleh. The internal cable routing kit includes four stretches of thin coated cable with a magnet at either one or both ends, plus some special fittings for things like Shimano DI2 E-tube connectors or a hydraulic line. They're 250 centimeters each in terms of length, and that's actually enough to reach through a tandem. I'm not going to try using them with my tandem because my tandem is made from steel and well, we know what's going to happen with magnets and steel, right? <laughs> uh, there's also a powerful magnet that can be used to help guide those smaller magnets 
through the frame. And that that's kind of the genius stroke of all of this is like pulling the little magnet along through the frame. You can actually hear oh, it yeah. against the carbon fiber. Super helpful. Dealing with traditional shift and brake cables was always hard enough for me. But, you know, Shimano E-tubes feed, you know, they're too flexible to feed through the frame on their own. They're, you know, they're just really mm-hmm. soft and flexible. And then hydraulic lines compared to traditional cabled brake housing, it's way stiffer and generally too stiff to feed through on its own. So it takes a difficult task and makes it essentially, you know, impossible. Whereas using the IR 1.2 takes something that's impossible and makes it just a project. And I got to say, you know, guiding one magnet inside a frame until it reaches the other magnet and you hear the sound of the other two magnets connecting Uh, inside the frame. Who knew that that could be such a satisfying sound? I bet. No, I can see that. I can see that. (laughs) I mean, like yesterday I was working on a frame and when I heard them connect after having had some, some struggles, turns out there was some foam in there to keep stuff from rattling around. Uh, you know, cause yeah, you don't want a noisy bike. But when I heard the two magnets connect, I, I like threw my arms up in victory and went, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So it's not a cheap tool. The IR 1.2 goes for 69.95. But it is from Park, which means that you can find it online or get your local bike shop to order it for you. And I tell you, this, I mean, anybody who really wants to be working on their bike at home is going to need this sooner or later. It's, it's that, just that important. Um, I'm, I'm amazed that I got along for as long as I did without it. Um, wow. I'm sort of embarrassed that I was willing to try to soldier on without it for as long as I did. Yeah. So, uh, it's yeah. And I've got, even after I finished the bike that I'm building up, I've got another bike to build up another gravel bike. Uh, and I'll be talking about that one in a future oh, episode. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You. So, alrighty. Well, that's wrap on another episode of the pace line. Um, alrighty, everybody keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Um, don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They are up in the RKP store. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Grows for Cyclists. Uh, The show is still on hiatus right now. I've been trying to get a couple of my guests who've said yes, but haven't quite gotten them on the phone yet. Uh, but I do have some great guests lined up. I'll say that much. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find until next week. I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to the pace line.